Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. All praise be to Allah, the Lord of the Worlds. Over 100 episodes, almost 40 different ethnic backgrounds, living in almost 30 different countries. In just two seasons, the Niqabi Diaries podcast has brought you the stories of Muslim women across the globe. Women united in sisterhood by their commitment to the Deen of Islam. Welcome to season three of the Naqabi Diaries podcast, where, inshallah, we will continue to bring you the stories of the women behind the veil. The Naqabi Diaries, our experiences, our perspectives, our voices. I'm your host, Samar, and thank you for listening. Please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to another episode of the Naqabi Diaries and welcome Sister Zara to the podcast today. Sister, could you please introduce yourself for the listeners and tell us a little bit about what you do, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. My name is Zara. I'm a personal development coach. I live in the UK. I have four children and that's just a little bit about myself. Alhamdulillah, mashallah, mubarak. So, um, sister, could you t- tell us a little bit about your Islamic background and um, how you got to be wearing the niqab? Okay, so, alhamdulillah, um, my parents are actually Muslims, but they, you know, subhanAllah, they both didn't live with their family when they grew up. So, my dad is from Sierra Leone and um, Giddy, mm-hmm. and in Sierra Leone, there's a like the Islam, I don't know how, how it is now, but when they were younger, it's like Islam is like mixed with Christianity. Right. So everyone is, everyone there is like Christian and Muslim. Do you understand? It's not mm-hmm. like, now, alhamdulillah, it's kind of changed a bit. But at that time when they were younger, it wasn't really like, um, you're Muslim, you're Muslim. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. Like we'll celebrate Christmas, we'll do, like, there's no Islam, basically, no Islam. And my mom is half Sierra Leonean, half um, Lebanese. So my Islam kind of was from the Lebanese side of my family, but because my mom and my dad both didn't grow up with their parents, mm-hmm. and they came to England. When they came to England, they had me and my siblings. Um, we kind of grew up. There was no really religion. It was just more like believe in God. There's a God. So we grew up believing that there's God but we didn't have any religion that we followed if you kind of get what I mean yes it was more to do with like we grew up with very um very um we had principles and values that we stuck to do you understand so we were alhamdulillah we're very like I come from a family that was very um principled but in regards to religion I'd say no like we there was no Islam even though if if you ask my parents where what religion are you they would say Muslim but mm-hmm. there was no Islam. So me growing up, I didn't ever attribute anything to Islam because um, I didn't know what is Quran. I didn't know what who the Prophet Sallallahu was. I didn't know. Um, I didn't even know what Eid was. Do you understand? It was oh, Christmas, no. Easter. These are the things that we celebrated. Oh, um, so growing up, that was my lifestyle, basically. Um, alhamdulillah, my older brother, he took his Shahada when he went to university. But because he's so much older than me, it's mm-hmm. like, um, it wasn't really anything. Because he wasn't at home, do you understand? It was when right. he was at university. When he finished university, he went and on, done his own thing. He went to stay in Jordan for a bit. So I was young at that time. I think I was about eight, nine. So I didn't really think anything of it. But I really do believe that he was making the for us. Because I just way that everything just went to place. So like I said, there was not really any Islamic... Um, I didn't identify being a Muslim mm. and even my Lebanese family when I saw them as Muslims I was so put off of being a Muslim I don't want to be one of them oh, because you know Salah, they were kind of like um, you know I just saw so much discrepancies when I was around them like I'd see that the way that they behaved like they used to think that they were better than us because they're fully like Lebanese yeah. you understand because yes. um, they're Arab we are mixed you know, like that type of attitude I see that they're backbiting like we'll go to family gatherings and then as soon as someone walks out they'll be all gossiping about that and I was thinking I don't want to be associated with that yes, like, if that's what Muslim is I am not that mm. um, so alhamdulillah so I didn't I was not a Muslim if people ask me what religion are you I'll just say I believe in God I didn't have any religion so my sister my older sister um mashallah she like me and her are really close alhamdulillah 
and she at uni, I think when she was at uni she started to look into Islam mm-hmm. um in her, when she was this was like 2009 I think mm-hmm. yeah 2009 so yeah she took her shahada and she um completely changed I was like whoa this and you know subhanAllah even before Islam I've always loved righteousness like even though I wasn't righteous myself mm-hmm. I've always like had this like pull towards righteousness I've just loved it I've loved seeing righteous people like, and I didn't even used to look at Muslims as righteous people unfortunately I never saw righteousness in Muslims it was more like like the Rastafarians or do you see yes. like I just had this like wow these people are amazing like they're so in touch with like themselves their spirit you know nature alhamdulillah and I've that's it that's it and like just eating from the from the what Allah has provided for them yes, and all yes. of this do you get it um, even before Islam I'd say I was quite a spirited person but I just didn't have no direction you understand I've always been quite self-assured and um been in touch with like myself if that makes sense absolutely yeah but I just didn't know I didn't know what to do with that so alhamdulillah my older sister took her shahada and I was like wow that was so amazed like she started wearing her hijab and I was like oh like what is that because you know subhanallah sis it's amazing because even even before Islam like I think it's just the fitra you know that you just have this thing like even if you're dressing immodestly something is you don't feel fully 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 um you know something is wrong. Exactly. You get it? Yeah. I don't know how yeah. to explain it. Exactly. But because, yeah. because I'm so desensitized to it, we become so desensitized to it. We feel like we have to dress mm-hmm. like that because mm-hmm. there's no other way of dressing. And I used remember being in my teenage years and I used to actually wear tracksuits all the time because I just used to hate the attention. Like I used to hate like um people just liking you for your, like your how you look. Do you get mm. it? I used to think, what yeah. is that? Like, I've got a brain, you know. Do you get it? But people would just be like, that thing. Like, what is that? I was like, I used to get so upset. Subhanallah. So I used to wear tracksuits a lot. Certain girls would be like, we're going out. You can't wear a tracksuit. Like, how are you gonna wear a tracksuit? So even with that, oh, are you not confident? That's why you're wearing a tracksuit. Do you see? Like these yeah. type of comments. Yeah. yeah. They play on your mind. So then you yes. think to yourself, like, yeah, oh, no, I am confident. So no, I, that's not the. Yeah, so you feel like you need to prove something. So you start wearing these other things. But then at the same time, when you're walking past certain people and they're just looking at you like you're just a piece of meat, mm. you don't like it. That's but you have to pretend like you're, you have to pretend like you've got confidence and you don't care. But really deep down inside, there's a, you don't feel right. Mm-hmm. There is some sort of um, this feeling that you get that you know that you're not doing something right. How can someone just be looking at you and just, it's just nasty, man, honestly. I'm so happy that I wear hijab. Like, I've cut all of that out. I could go about my life freely, subhanAllah. Just do whatever. I go to the shop with ease. That's alhamdulillah, this is a ni'mah from Allah, wallahi. Because you can't just go to the shop just to buy something. People are looking at you, checking what you're wearing, looking at what, how you look, how you've done your hair. Um, all of this stuff that is just so mm-hmm. um, fake and nonsense. And it takes away your spirit because yeah. it, you start becoming a materialistic person when you're not even that. Mm-hmm. So subhanAllah, um, yeah, my older sister took her shahada and she started wearing hijab and I was thinking, whoa, like, so, like alhamdulillah, but, you know, she gave me dawah. Mm-hmm. And I remember she gave me one, these, these times, this is like 2009, yeah? the right. part that I didn't even have a CD player, I still had a, um, a cassette player. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I put the, Alhamdulillah, I put the tape in that she gave me and it was talking about um, hell and heaven and hell, yeah? Alhamdulillah. Like, I've never heard this before. What is this? It shook me to the courses. You know what I want to say? You've heard something, you can't unhear it now. Yes, yes, yes. Try and go back to your life that you had before because you've heard it now. Mm I was like you know what this is deep this is deep so I'm like going back and forth in my mind like what should I do what should I do but um subhanallah I just had my son at that time as well Mm -hmm. my youngest son so I was thinking like what do I do like then I was thinking subhanallah like I knew I had to take my shahada yeah but it's just like you know the lifestyle that you're you're in now it's like Mm -hmm. just think how do I do it how how can I change 
it's not possible. But I was so drawn to Islam. It's unbelievable. And it's just like, and because there was so much killings happening in London at that time. Um, like knife crime. And I was thinking, to be honest, what am I going to teach my son? Am I going to teach him road life? Like, what is that? That's exactly. nonsense. So I just went through all of that, giving birth to this little child for him to grow up and be 15 and get stabbed. No way. So what am I going to do? What can I teach him? Because that's what I know, isn't it? What, what am I going to teach him? That's the lifestyle that I'm living. So what can I teach him? That's what you know what? Like, I have to do this. I have to like, follow this path because this is the correct path and I want my children to grow up on this path. So, you know, I took my shahada, subhanAllah. And, you know, subhanAllah, I started wearing hijab straight away, actually. Um, because, like I said, Alhamdulillah. Yeah, Alhamdulillah. And, and it's all from Allah, it's tawfiq from Allah because I can't attribute it to myself, you know. Like, I'm talking about proper hijab, like abaya and hijab. I didn't go through that phase of like jeans and, you know, all of that. Um, so that's some people go through. And it's because I've always, when I put the hijab on, I was like, this is what I've been searching for my whole mm. life. But I didn't know that this was it. This was it. Yeah. Subhanallah. My whole life, I've not, I've hated people just looking at my body. Mm -hmm. and just seeing me as my body and my hair and my skin color i've hated that because i'm thinking that these are things that are like even though i didn't have islam i still knew that these are things that god has given me so why are you just like and everybody looks like how god has created them to look so why are you just i don't get why people just obsess over these things when you haven't even worked for it exactly it's just god given do you get it? But people make it like the be all of end all, be all and end all of, of someone's existence. Exactly. So when I put my hijab on and the abaya on, I was like, Allahu Akbar, this is what I've been looking for. This is what I've been looking for my whole yeah. life. Now people can see me for my intellect, mm -hmm. for my intellect, for my brain. Do you understand? SubhanAllah, for my iman, for my character for my yeah. conduct like yeah. what actually matters you exactly. see and i feel like we're so we're so out of touch with our fitra that we we can't even we, we've become blinded to that as human beings we become blinded to the fact that we are more than just our physical absolutely and i think it's so sad as well like when you see that people use their beauty especially women specifically yeah they use their beauty and then they try to, you know, play, make emphasis on the fact that, oh, they've studied at this university, for example, or they've got this qualification, so they're not just a pretty face. But it's just like, but you, even though you've done this study in whichever field, and this applies to Muslim women as well, because I see them do this often, okay? But it's like you're no, using no, no. your beauty as a ticket to get to places because that's the reality. Let's face it, like a lot of people, especially women, they get jobs just based on how they look, you know, and reg oh, 100%. regardless of what colour they are, they'll, they'll be getting jobs because they look a certain way. It's the pretty privilege, basically. So, you're, yeah, yeah. Because you're um, and you know, especially you're not covering yourself, you know, you're dressing, especially Western dress, all this kind of thing. That This is what is happening, subhanAllah. And especially, like, even being in Africa, here, for example, I know stories of, like, women or young girls, they're being molested by teachers, and they get their grades depend on if they will agree to sleep with their teachers or lecturers, subhanAllah. So you can see that, like, your, the physical body is something that is being used in one way or the other or manipulated. You know, and so so then people are not relying on communicating with somebody because of their thoughts and they you know their mentality, their mind, and you know this, which is a deeper level of really getting to know somebody. They're basing it on the shallow things, like you mentioned. Like you know, I like what you, you said. Basically, you know, when you are focusing on people's looks, you just become this materialistic person, even though that's, that's not what you want. It doesn't make, and this is why people, when they have all this materialism, they have all the money, they have all the gold and the jewelry and all these things, they still don't feel happy. Once they get it, they don't feel happy. They don't feel fulfilled. Why would they? Why would they? Because it's nothing. When you die, you can't take it with you. How is it going to help you in the next life? It's not going to do you anything. SubhanAllah. This is the point, this, SubhanAllah. Like, are you going to stand in front of Allah and say, but I was pretty, but I had nice nothing. hair? Like, what is... It's not going to mean anything on nothing, that day. Nothing at so all. So you need to learn now how to sustain yourself, your character, how to sustain yourself, like who you are. Because your looks are going to mean nothing when you stand in front of Allah. It might mean something to you in this dunya, but on that day it's going to mean nothing. Exactly. 
Subhanallah. You know, and, and, and you know, because I've come from a family that is mixed, mm -hmm. so we've got every colour in my family, yes. alhamdulillah, yeah? yeah alhamdulillah. And I see, I've seen it from young, with my own eyes, how, mm -hmm. you know, if someone looks like this, or they have this certain texture of hair, or if they, they are treated nicer, like, mm -hmm. yeah, I've, yeah. I've got a strong sense of justice, yeah, and moral, that morally, mm -hmm. uh, morally, like, correct understanding is from a young age like I've always wanted to stand up for what's right here yeah? yes. and I've seen that so I'm not going to feed into that mm -hmm. and be another like hog in the wheel for that mentality of course because it just passed down I to generations that's the problem that's and I could I could fall into I could have like when I was younger I could have fallen into that pretty privileged stuff mm. but I knew that but I don't believe that so why am I going to fall into it and allow it and um, use it, you know, subhanAllah, so many, so many people, they just fall into these things, even though it's against their values, it's against exactly. their principles, because it's going to help them, it's going to help them to advantage, like, it's going to give them some sort of advantage in the dunya. But, you know, our life is not about that. We're supposed to submit to Allah. Exactly. So, subhanAllah, with my with niqab, I started wearing that after um, one year of being a Muslim, because I remember one time I went to, um, there was like a... Um, there was a conference in Birmingham. So I went with my, this is where I'm still new to the Dean. Mm -hmm. I've only been a Muslim for a year, but um, I went with my sister and some of her friends. Mm -hmm. And um, we had to stay in like a hotel thing and everything. And there was lots of like, there was so many Muslims there. And I just felt like, oh my God, I feel like exposed. Yes. And the sisters that I was, they had um, niqabs on. So I was like, let me try. I said to one of them, can I try one? I put it on, I was like, Allah, whoever, this is like Allah. literally so hard. Allah, I was so happy. Same, the same feeling that I had with hijab. That's I felt that even more with the niqab. Yes. Like this is what I've been searching for my whole life. Like I remember, you, I used to get on the train before and the bus, and I used to hate people would just be there staring yeah, at me. Why are they looking at me? For? Like I used to get proper angry. <laughs> Why are they staring at me for? Why are they looking at me for? But obviously you present, you're, you're out there and you've, you've left yourself open. So of course people are going to look at you. But at that time you're so ignorant and you're so, um, you're, just, you're just so unaware that you don't even realise that what you're doing, what is it that you are doing for people to be looking at you? Do you get it? Yeah. So it's, when I had niqab, I was like, I'll thank you Allah, thanking Allah. This a blessing. Whoever yes. sees niqab as something oppressive is, I don't know what's wrong with yes, people. They, they have me, no idea. They have no idea. Alhamdulillah. They have no idea. Since I feel like I'm superwoman. Wallahi, when I put on my niqab and my jilbab, I feel like I'm on top of the world. Like I can yeah, literally yeah. just go about my business freely. Yes. Hijab and niqab, it's nothing to do with pressure. This, this thing about it. Okay, let me tell you. So I started wearing the niqab. And that's how I felt. I felt amazing. Mm -hmm. But the sad thing about it is that so much negativity that you get, it makes you forget how great you feel yes. in the club. Mm -hmm. Because you're seeing all of the news articles that talks about Muslim women are oppressed. Yeah. They're constantly, constantly saying it. Always in a negative light. And then they associate it with yeah. like terrorism and all these things as well. So That's it. That's it. Mm -hmm. So I've started wearing it. I think it was 2011 now, yes, when I started wearing it. So that's when all of this like um, prevent and terrorism and all of this stuff. So it played in my subconscious. It started making me think like I'm a bad person because I'm wearing it. Even though you know you're not, yeah. it's there deep down back, back there somewhere. You have these thoughts. So you start moving like timid and, and miskeen and mm. worried. Do you see? You think everyone's out to get you. You think you're the suspect. Subhanallah, alhamdulillah, I've got past that stage now, alhamdulillah, I love hijab, I love niqab, I wish every woman could just taste the sweetness of, you know what is even more beautiful about hijab and niqab is that you know you're on the right path, and when, as soon as you know you're on the right path, Allah gives you some sort of confidence that is just unshakable. Mm -hmm. If you do it with the right intention, because there's sisters yes. out here that are wearing their niqab for other intentions, I don't know what what the intention is. Mm -hmm. Subhanallah, mm -hmm. may Allah help us all to correct our niya. But if your intention is that you want to apply Allah's command, you want to wear it to you know emulate this, the the believing women when they when they heard the ayat of hijab, they they covered their faces. Yeah. 
we have the hadiths that speak about this, do you understand? Yeah. So it's not it's something that we're just making up. Exactly, and it's that, that was their it interpretation. It doesn't say anything about the their head. Yeah, that that's was, it. That was their interpretation. So, had nothing, no, no, they didn't say that a man came and told them, or the, even the Prophet said that he came and told them they covered their faces. No, that was their, as soon as they heard it, that was their interpretation. And that's what, you know, that's one thing, like, I just want to point out, because often people are saying, oh, it's oppressive, it's, um, you know, the men make this forced um, from the men making the women to all this kind of thing. It's just like, what are you talking about? Have you have you looked at the proof about the niqab and the hijab, the ayahs of hijab, and when it was revealed, what the women did? You you yourself, you're you're saying that niqab is oppression and we're oppressed and we're letting men oppress us and it's just sexism and all this kind of thing, misogyny. But you yourself are ignoring the female companions of Prophet Muhammad sallam. You're completely dismissing their interpretation. You are completely dismissing them. So who's the who's the misogynist here? Who's the one that's not listening to the women's voices? It's you, because you don't want to submit to this. You might not like the niqab, and it's up to you whether you like it or not. That's not my business. But don't come and tell me that it's an oppression from the men, and it's not part of the religion. Because you, because if you do that, you're going, you're exactly going against about the the point that you're trying to even say. Subhanallah, it's hypocrisy. Yeah, exactly. Hypocrisy at its finest, sis. And another thing about that whole thing that you just said is just that I find so funny that if you really thought people were oppressed, yeah, you really believe that in your heart that people are oppressed, why would you then add to that oppression? Why wouldn't you be exactly. someone to support them and help them? Exactly. But you will be the one that is saying horrible things to exactly. add to the oppression. So exactly. what type of heart does that give you? Exactly. Do you see? Mm -hmm. Subhanallah. And 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 dad and brother or husband, I don't have any of them. Do you get it? So who's forcing me? Do you get it? Exactly. That's what I used to say to. That's it's what I used to force me. Like, look, my family's not even Muslim, so they and trust me, they, if I if they wanted me to stop wearing it, there's not a possibility for them to be able to stop me from wearing it. And as well, I wasn't married neither, so it's like, I'm a single woman too. So who's forced me to to dress like? Yeah, this? my older brother's in the UAE. My younger brother's passed away. Rahimullah. Rahimullah. And my dad's passed away, Rahimullah. So do you get it? So who's forcing me to wear a niqab? I love niqab. I love hijab. I love it with such a passion that I wish, literally, I wish every woman could taste the sweetness. But I know this is the clothing for the believing women anyway. It's not even for every woman. Exactly. This is it. It's for the believing women. It's for us who believe in Allah. And Allah has there's so much hikmah, so much wisdom why we should have it. Do you know how much nonsense it cuts out? This Subhanallah, Subhanallah it cuts absolutely. out so much nonsense. That like all of this competitiveness of other women, mm -hmm. all of that rubbish, it's gone as soon as like no one can see you. So yeah. they're trying to look at you to try and like compete with you, but they can't even see you. So there's that competition's out the window. Absolutely, Subhanallah. 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 So um, on that note, I was going to ask you about your family. So, um, you know, you mentioned that your, your father and, you know, has passed away and everything. Rahimullah. So did you have any issues like when you started practicing? What about your like your mom and maybe your Lebanese family, for example, who are the, the practicing Muslims that you used yeah, to yeah. see? Um, did anybody have any issues? No, they weren't even practicing. Oh, okay. Lebanese family are not even practicing. They're not even practicing and they're Shia. Oh, Subhanallah. May Allah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, alhamdulillah. <laughs> I mean, I mean. Um, so because my older sister's the one that came to the dean first, mm -hmm. she's the one that got all the um, you know, the difficulty. I, I came in with the ease, alhamdulillah. <laughs> so she she paved the she paved the way for you then. That's it. She already had to go through the battle, alhamdulillah. The big sister did the job, mashallah. <laughs> that's it, that's it. Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. So she still went, yeah, she's she was wearing the cup, but everyone was like <sighs> Because she's she was known to be kind of like rebellious, rebellious, yes, yeah, yeah, doing the different stuff. Yeah, 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 that's it, that's it. So they'll say like it's just another phase. Do you yeah, get it? It's yeah. just a phase. Alhamdulillah. I can relate. Alhamdulillah. To that. Alhamdulillah. I can relate to that, mashallah. Yeah, yeah. So um, ha have you ever faced any kind of abuse for wearing the niqab at all? Um, just you know certain comments that people will make, but at first it did used to get to me because I used to just think like. You wouldn't be saying this if I wasn't wearing it. Do you get it? Exactly. You, just, you saw this. I saw the switch, like from literally being before hijab. People just smile at you. People just like you just because of how you look. And then as soon as you put that hijab on, the carbon, 
you become the enemy number one yeah, at that time. Now it's different. I'm saying, so I've noticed there has been a big shift in um the way people. Uh, I think there's more understanding now. I think there's more, and I think people are not believing the lies as much. But like I said, the time that I started wearing it was the peak of the media onslaught yes, of, of course, Muslims. Yeah, get it? So, yeah, yeah, I did get like a lot of. I wouldn't say, alhamdulillah, I'm quite. A, I know how to deal with people. Do you get it? So I didn't allow it to phase me yes. too much. But alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. And what do you, how do you think? Um, I mean, how do your kids find that you being a Nakabi mum? I never asked this question actually, but yeah, like, how, what about your kids? Like, how, how, how is like, how are you? Um, you know, how are you able to like? Um, how are you able to be a better mother because of your situation now? Oh, subhanAllah. Um, this is what I'm saying. Because before I was self-assured, yeah, but I, I had, um, I was a self-assured person, but I'd say I had no confidence because I just didn't like people just looking at me. I used to get, I used to get anxiety from people looking at me. My ears used to go bright red. Do you get it? So with Nikrab, I couldn't do anything. I can go anywhere before mm. I, it would restrict me. Like I wouldn't want to go on the train because mm. I just think people are going to be looking at me. I wouldn't want to go to this place because people are going to, like, do you get it? I just don't like, I didn't like attention. Mm -hmm. So I'm just trying to avoid that. Now with my niqab, my hijab, I can go everywhere in this earth and not feel no way about it. Mm -hmm. And it's given me that freedom and my children the freedom. I can go anywhere happily. Mm -hmm. Alhamdulillah, do you mm -hmm. get it? And my children, it's, it's I, I just sit there sometimes thinking, sometimes I'm on the train with my kids and I'm just thinking, you know what? I don't think I would have been able to do this if I didn't have niqab on, you know that. When I've seen everyone just packed up on the train and everyone's in each other's space, I'm just like, how do they do that? But you know, because it's really weird, like, especially like in London, like it, you get on a tube and like sometimes like, it's so rampacked. You're like sardines in a can, stuff for Allah. Like you know, it's it. trying to avoid even touching people. But like literally, when you're literally face to face, somebody's like they're right in your face, and you just like, where do you even look? Do you know what I mean? Like you, That's look, it. you look. If you look down, you could be looking into somebody's chest. They could be looking somebody's buttocks like how the village you know what i mean like it's just like oh, no, no, no. it's just too much because especially when people are dressing in such a way they're not even hardly got like fully clothed you know what i mean you can it really be in some different Where do you look? situations and subhanallah like people don't think about these things but you know okay you can you can dislike a muslim woman covering for example and say that it's oppressive to the woman but what about those men that don't want to be like bombarded with women's body parts 24 7 do you know what i mean like how does that affect them you know you're not even giving them a choice of like to look or not to look do you know what i mean and then if they if they look or they reciprocate or yeah. you know they react in some way then oh they're you know they're being um what sexist or do you know what i mean like it's it's difficult like it's, mm. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's it's just terrible. I feel sorry for guys sometimes, like literally. And I remember I was listening to yeah. um, I was listening to this podcast recently. I started listening. It's called um um uh, what's it? Jalof after Juma. Yeah, it's, it's podcast I just came across. Uh, yeah, it's, and it's, I really like it. Actually, it's really interesting. But it's basically these brothers. I think I'm assuming they're Nigerian. Well, I had them um because i know nigerians believe they have the best jollof but anyways yeah that's that's another conversation anyways um and and one of the brothers was saying like you know he remembers like when he was in school there was a year where i think he he'd gone maybe back to you know his home country and then when he came back he was he said it's like all the girls were just naked because you know the, the leg it was a time when the leggings had come in like to fashion and like all the girls were just yeah. wearing these leggings all different color leggings but it's just like leggings is like you know oh, it's quite something you're showing all your shape lumps bumps curves whatever you've got whatever you've don't got and he said it was just like and it's see-through as a, you can see your even see the panties through it subhanallah and it's like well like you know like i it's people don't even have shame for that these days they don't even have shame for that, subhanAllah, that their clothes is a see-through something and it's plastered to their skin. It's one thing, the thing is skin tight, but see-through as well, like, and shows the outline of the underwear and all these kind of things, I would be learning, like, women, they just walk around like that. They let their young girl children walk around like that. You just think, where's their minds? Like, are they thinking about, yeah, like, yeah. who's looking and, you know, what that person is, like, imagining, Elder 
subhanallah this this is not the way yeah. to but you know subhanallah yourself when when you're so unaware when you're so unaware you don't even you don't even realize what you're doing like i said earlier you know and i feel like alhamdulillah i'm i feel like i'm uh, uh, to have come from that and the, to come to hijab it gives you even more love for the hijab because it's like you know like i said before you know something is wrong but you just you're just so unaware that you don't even get the hidayah allah doesn't even give you the hidayah because you're so you're so far away yeah, to get it so for us to look at it we think can't you see but well they can't see wallahi they course, don't know of course and that's that's the thing it's allah who guides subhanallah Allah guides, man. We and that's why we always have to be thankful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the guidance because really like yeah. I I like I always think to myself like you know if I wasn't Muslim right now and Alhamdulillah Muslim it literally is the best thing that's ever happened to me of course but I think to myself I, I can't even imagine I feel like I wouldn't even be alive now or I would I would be living on streets that's or it. something like literally like literally uh, literally I, I, would, I think that because yeah. like I, I i was just doing mental things like i could do any crazy foolishness like spala you know like it's, it's just like you, you you don't think like you know what how what, how you should really take care of yourself look after yourself properly do you know yeah, what i mean make yeah. sure that you're safe all these kind of things you know i had There's no mindfulness yeah because you know like and especially i think western culture you're kind of it's like you, you, you're 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 forced to think that you're free to do whatever you want, and to be a good person, it's like you do what you want, but make sure you don't hurt other people, basically. So, and that's that's what yeah, yeah. the good person box. But so it's like, you know, you can you can be nice to everybody else, but if you treat yourself like crap, if you abuse your body by taking drugs, by drinking, smoking, having sex outside of relationships, all these kinds of, you know, I've marriage, all this kind of stuff, like, that's fine, because that's your choice, you know, and it's your body, you know, all this kind of, like, way of thinking, so, you know, you, you get this kind of, um, you, you start, you can easily start just self-abusing, you know, subhanAllah. Yeah, wallahi, it's a blessing, because, and, and I find that, one thing I have noticed is that, I'm not sure if it's, hmm, don't have to say it, I've noticed that there's a lot of sisters that do wear niqab, but um, they become arrogant about it, unfortunately. And, you know, we have to constantly remind ourselves that this is a ni'mah from Allah. It's a blessing and it's tawfiq from Allah because just because we can do it and other people can't, we should never attribute it to ourselves. We exactly. need to all the time constantly remind ourselves that, you know, this is because Allah has given you the ability to do it because it's so hard for so many women. Absolutely. But he has chosen us to do it, to represent his deen, to mm -hmm. wear the, the hijab correctly, like according to the Quran and the Sunnah. That is such a ni'mah and we need to be thankful. We need to attribute it to Allah and be thankful that we are able to do it because so many people can't. Um, and it should humble us and we should be more merciful to, we should be more merciful to um, our sisters that struggle with it and try to, you know, give the nasiha in a beautiful way. Definitely, definitely, subhanAllah. Because it is easy to become arrogant. It is easy to, it's easy to become arrogant. And, and the shaitan is constantly at us trying to like mislead us and trying to make us, mm -hmm. you know, have this kind of kibber in our hearts. Exactly. So it's upon us to constantly renew our intention, constantly check ourselves, constantly ask ourselves, like, you know, and constantly remind ourselves that it's not us that are doing this, you know, exactly. this is from Allah, alhamdulillah. Exactly. SubhanAllah, it's, it's really, it's so important because that's, that's you know, if the more good we think we are, it's probably the more good we're actually not. <laughs> we're probably, it's like you go. That's it. That's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. You have literally. to remind ourselves all the time that like, you're, you're a sinner, you're nothing. Exactly. Like, don't think that you're something. Yes. It remember, constantly remind yourself and the it, reality of who you are. Exactly. It just reminds me of, um, you know, so many different hadiths where referring to the Sahaba, where, you know, Sahaba who, subhanAllah, in their lifetime, they was given the glad tidings of paradise. And yet, even when the ayat, was came down talking about the hypocrites they would go to prophet muhammad and ask him if if they was being named yeah. the hypocrites upon the can you imagine like you've been you've been given the glad tidings of jannah already well lucky this is how they lacked complacency they never sat back and thought okay mm -hmm. you know, i've already got my ticket to jannah khalas yani i was at Badr and this and that they never did that man they worked they worked they worked man it was constant they never thought like i've arrived i've yeah. arrived 
Subhanallah. Yeah, it wasn't a thing where I've arrived and I was going to sit still now. No, constantly striving, constantly correcting themselves, constantly checking in on, on themselves. And that's how we should be. And that's how, that's, you know, where I've got into the personal development field because I feel like as Muslims, we've become so complacent. We, 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 we start praying, start wearing our hijab and our niqab and then we just stop there. We think I've made it. Mm -hmm. No, you have not made it, my dear. You're not going to make it until you die. You have to exactly. keep striving, keep exactly. going, keep putting in the effort, keep working towards improving yourself. Mm -hmm. There's no, there's no, I've arrived. Yeah, subhanAllah. It literally is non-stop. So on that note, can you tell us about your um your job that you do, your your business, inshallah? Yes, yeah, so subhanAllah, um I got into personal development because um I went through some big trial, alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, I'm out of it now. But at that time, you know, subhanAllah, I just thought that life is over, subhanAllah. Mm. I could not see a way forward. And you know, subhanAllah was a big, 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 big trial that Allah put me through. Um and you know, during that time I kind of like lost my iman subhanallah to say it is sad to say but it's the reality mm. um you know subhanallah um so I was at such a low point that alhamdulillah I started to like really doubt even it's not doubt Islam I can't say I doubt Islam but I was like angry with Allah if that makes sense subhanallah mm. may Allah forgive me mm. but I was angry with the decree that he had decreed for me but um you know, I came to my senses, alhamdulillah, but I was suffering from extreme waswas, like yeah. extreme, extreme waswas. Um, alhamdulillah, by Allah's mercy, he guided me to self-rukia. So I did some self-rukia, um, and like within a week, alhamdulillah, uh, three to seven days, alhamdulillah, I was cured. And I was thinking, subhanallah, like the Quran is shifa. Because yes. I did not know how I was going to, the, the, the type of was I was experiencing this, it was not good at all. Mm. Yeah, but but the Quran healed it. I was like, how do people that don't have Quran, what do they do when they're going through like this mental breakdown or this like type of oh, wow. extreme? So I was thinking, oh my God, I need to be able to help people because I've just come from that and I don't want any human, even my worst enemy, I don't want them to go through that yeah. type of mental torture. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, was, I got into personal development looking at it, but I, I noticed that, you know, all this personal development stuff, it's just like calling upon the universe. Of course. The universe will give you this, and, you know, manifest to the universe. I'm thinking, no, like it's Allah, you know, it's Allah that gives you whatever you want and it's dua. So I was thinking, you know, I was trying to avoid being the person that has to do it. But, you know, when Allah, it's like Allah was giving me such a strong pull, like mm -hmm. to say like, it's like a big, you know, like you know, the inspiration that he gave to the mother of Musa to put Musa into the river. Yes. It was kind of like such a strong inspiration, like saying, go out there and do it. And I was trying to avoid it. And then every ayah that I kept coming across, like whether I opened the Mus'haf, whether I was driving somewhere and I heard Quran, whether I turned on the Quran in my, it kept saying, it's haba, it's haba. Like when he's talking to Musa, it's haba, like go. Yeah. So I was like, oh my God, this is, this is like, this is clear cut that Allah is telling me that I need to do something here, yeah, but I'm trying to avoid it. And I thought to myself, you know what? I've just, I've just got my Iman back. How can I, how can I let this opportunity slide? Mm -hmm. Because I've never liked to be uh, like out there. Do you get it? So I was thinking, I don't want to do it. I don't want to be the person that has to do it. But it's like the, the pull was so strong. Yeah. The inspiration was so, like the, the, uh, the, the Hidayah, the guidance was so strong, like, I, I couldn't ignore it and I thought to myself I can't I can't miss out on this opportunity of having my iman back like I don't want my iman to ever go away ever again because I realized that the, your iman is the most important thing you can have nothing but if you don't have iman you're finished exactly what's the point of life if you haven't got no iman there's no point of life and Allah's just given me my iman back and I'm trying to try to like still want to do things my way it's oh. like no you submit you submit to what Allah exactly. wants you to do exactly. he's given you certain skills he's given you certain qualities he's given you certain characteristics so you have to use them for the deen mm -hmm. you don't just try and just use them for yourself and then stay back you know you use it to please Allah so I started this personal development coach personal development coaching alhamdulillah 
and it's just such a beautiful opportunity that Allah's given me because you know I can work from home. I, I don't have to compromise with my niqab. Yes. I don't have to compromise with my kids. Mm -hmm. You know, Alhamdulillah, I'm able to help sisters mm -hmm. to realize their full potential. You know, and make because so many of us lose ourselves. We lose ourselves. You know that when we come to, when we come mm -hmm. to the deen, we lose. I, I lost myself completely mm -hmm. because I just wanted to be like the book says this. So a Muslim woman has to be like this and blah, 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 blah. Yes, yes, yes. And I completely thought everything about who I was before was bad. Yes. So I completely stripped my old character, old everything out of the window. But I did an injustice to myself. I did a disservice to myself because I wasn't being my true authentic self. And I had to go through that big test. Mm -hmm. I had to go through that big test for me to get back to who I really am. Like to understand okay, you've been out of alignment with your values, your principles, your beliefs for so long. You're trying to fit into this box, but you are not that person. You're a Muslim, yes. So you need to use your characteristics that Allah has naturally given you to mm -hmm. be a Muslim. Exactly. It's about enhancing what you naturally have. Exactly. It's not about completely taking away who you are and then trying to be someone that you're not. Mm -hmm. Look at the Sahaba. Abu Bakr, Yes, he's, he had his characteristics and he came into Islam with those characteristics and he enhanced them. Exactly. Umar anh, imagine if he tried to turn into who Abu Bakr was. Exactly. It's not possible. Exactly. He is a, a completely different character. Exactly. Um, so he used his characteristics and he worked on his characteristics, got rid of whatever was negative and worked on building what he already had that was positive and natural to him and worked on using that to enhance himself and use it to forward and like come to like bring forth the deen. And we need that balance in our ummah. We need to have all sorts of character. And that's what the beauty is. is there's beauty in everyone. There's value in everyone. It's just about us learning how to look at, okay, these are my strengths. This is what I naturally have. These are my natural abilities. How can I enhance them? How can I use them for the team? How can I use them to be a better version of myself? Absolutely. And so, yeah, I'm happy. Because it's like, these days, you know, like coming back to what we were talking about before, where we we start comparing ourselves to other people or judging ourselves by other people's standards, you know, whether, whether it's looks or, you know, what we have in possessions and things like that, or even education, that can be one of the things too, subhanAllah, or your job that you have. But when it comes yeah. to Islam, when you choose to follow Islam, you don't have to give up on who you are as a person, but you need to judge yourself according to the measuring stick of Islam. That's, That's it. That's it. Into what other people think you should be doing. You look at the Quran and the Sunnah, and this is why the Sunnah is even so important, because without that, you don't see the practical implementation of the religion as, as broadly you know, as, uh, you know, as you would if, if it wasn't, if the sinner wasn't there, because we have, yes, definitely the stories of the prophets and, you know, other righteous people in the Quran as well. So we can see that, yeah, there's some stories there, but subhanAllah, the sunnah goes into so much more detail, you know, and so we can yeah. reflect like on our day-to-day -day lives and, you know, the, some of the mistakes that the Sahaba made, for example, and, you know, but these mm. are still good people. So you can see that, you know, they, they had things that, you know, they did certain things that were, wasn't correct, but, you know, obviously they repented, Allah forgave them, and we can learn from these lessons. So no, we don't have to no. beat ourselves up when we do fall into errors and mistakes. We turn back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we always judge Allah. ourselves against the criteria that Allah has set for us, not against the criteria of other people, and which can change every five minutes as well, subhanAllah. You know, you leave yourself to the mercy of others. This is what is causing so many people mental health as well, because they're just always looking at other people. That's it. Just to go off of that point that you just made about, you know, the standard of society constantly changes this. I remember my first experience of primary school, okay? I went to primary school and so I'm like five, I think mm -hmm. four or five, yeah? The, within the first week, the year six girls were laughing at me saying that my lips are big. But look at today, it's not everyone pumping their lips exactly. to have big lips. Exactly. So it's constantly changing and you can't please people and you just you look like how Allah created you to look there's nothing ugly or beautiful you, Allah created us in the best form so why are we going by society standards of what's beautiful and what's ugly mm -hmm. beauty is your character it's your conduct how you your beliefs your thoughts that's what makes a person beautiful everything else is not it's nonsense yes yeah, subhanallah subhanallah, subhanallah.
so yeah i wanted to ask you then um you know how can people get in contact with you for your um coaching and who who do you usually who 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 are your main clients as well okay so my clients are people that have just settled sisters that have just settled for the like mediocre i don't want i don't want us as an umma to be mediocre i want us to all be striving I want us all to reach our full potential. So anyone out there that, you know, they've just settled or they've just, they're stuck in life and they know that there's so much more for them, but they just don't know how to get there. Mm -hmm. These are my clients. These are the people that I coach, you know. Alhamdulillah, I love it because I just love seeing my sisters striving. I want us all to strive. I want us all to shine. Yes. I want us to be the, we're supposed to be the example for humanity, exactly. but we're not at the moment. Not at all. We are not, we're not at all. Yeah, far behind. Far. Far behind, subhanAllah. Far. I want all of us to be, like, I want us to be one strong ummah. Do you get it? That is my vision that I have, yes, you know, yes, I have the, like, it's a seed, yes, but Allah can make it grow, and I pray that Allah puts khair in it and barakah and makes it possible, you know, because anything is possible with Allah. But I want everyone to feel great. I don't want no one to be left behind or no one to feel, like, miserable. Life is for living. We have the Quran, we have the Sunnah, we have we have the blueprint. Yes. You don't have to not be yourself. Be yourself within the blueprint. Mm -hmm. yeah, so yeah, you can find me or for, you can DM me on Instagram at um, Coach Zara mm -hmm. official. That's my DM. That's my um, Instagram handle. Okay. And then you can get in touch with me for coaching from there. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. So um, would you describe the Naqab as being a barrier? No way. Wallahi, this has given me such confidence that is un I don't even it's unstoppable confidence. Alhamdulillah. Like like I said at the beginning, like I feel like a super superhero with my niqab on. Mm. Like I feel untouchable and unstoppable, alhamdulillah. Like, I really do. It's like I'm focused on Allah. It takes my focus off all the, oh, what are they thinking about me? How do I look? It takes you away from being people conscious. It takes you away from being self-conscious. It makes you Allah conscious. Yes. yes. Alhamdulillah. You know, it's like your mind is somewhere else. Yes. I know it's not the same for everyone, because, like I said, you have to have the correct intention and you have to yes. wear it. Your hijab has to have the correct intention and it has to be according to the Quran and the Sunnah for you to exactly. get this type of feeling. Exactly. If it's for any other intention or any, and it's not in accordance to how Allah revealed hijab, then you're not going to feel this. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, when you do it with the intention that you want Allah to be pleased with you, you want to follow the Quran and the Sunnah and you wear it in accordance to how it was revealed, then wallahi, it's a sweetness that is untouchable. And I want everyone to taste this sweetness. I feel like a queen. Alhamdulillah. 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 So uh, on that note, would you say that the sisters who wear the naqab get treated differently from sisters who wear the hijab? And that's in the Muslim community as well as the non-Muslim community. Um, I think it's just depending on who you're coming across. You know, subhanAllah, I've had, I've had experience three aspects. I've been treated better with my niqab. I've been treated worse with my niqab. I've been treated, um, do you understand? It just depends on who you come into contact with. Yeah. Like sometimes, and I've noticed that subhanAllah, for me, I know it's not the same for everyone, but for me, I think it's the energy that you bring. Because yeah. when I go out there, I make sure, I make sure I speak to everyone. I say good morning to yes. the people. Of course. I say to the Muslims. Mm -hmm. I've noticed that some people will ignore you. Some people will be so happy that you said good morning to them. Yes, yes, you understand? SubhanAllah, yeah. I've got on the train and non-Muslims get up for me. Alhamdulillah. For me to sit down. Alhamdulillah. Like, listen, I ain't got no, I ain't got, I'm not pregnant. I've got no, but they, they just show you that respect. And it's only from Allah. It's from Allah. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I walk somewhere, someone will just make space for me like, I'm like, I'm not a celebrity out here. Like, why is everyone treating me so nice? Do you get it? But it's a lot of their heart. Of course. When you go to Allah, trying to please Allah, Allah will put something in people's hearts. <clears throat> Absolutely. Yeah, you automatically, the good people, the good people. 
because there's people out there that got bad minds, yeah, Definitely. and they just they just have this envy. They have envy. Mm-hmm. They don't like to see you obeying Allah, mm-hmm. and that's even from amongst some Muslims. They just hate it when they see you. Exactly. They will just be like so angry. Alhamdulillah, mm-hmm. it's not gonna phase me. In it. That's your exactly. issue. That's something in your heart. That's not our problem. <laughs> Yeah, that's it it's got nothing to do before I used to I really it used to get to me a lot when the Muslims would be like that like it used to really upset me but now I've got to a point where it's just like at the end of the day that's a disease in your heart it's got of nothing course. to do with me absolutely if yeah, you see cool. me and you're upset because I'm wearing niqab and it angers you that's your issue it's got nothing to do with me exactly. and you're not going to put your nasty um, energy on me it's mm-hmm. not going to happen I, will, I just act like you don't exist Subhanallah. It's so true. It's so true. Subhanallah. So, um, uh, what what would you advise young sisters, for example, who they really want to wear the niqab but they don't feel the confidence to actually put it on? Um, I would say confidence is a stance number one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, confidence comes from doing the right thing. So, by you saying that you don't have full confidence to do it, what is the confidence? what do you mean like I, when you wear it you Allah will give you the confidence because you're doing the right thing mm-hmm. I think people lack confidence because they care what people think yeah but you have to remind yourself that you're not here on this dunya because of people mm-hmm. there's gonna be a day when we will wish that we wore it yeah Yama, we're gonna be running away from all those people that we were trying to impress yeah they're sure. not gonna mean nothing to us they're not gonna stand with us and be accountable with us we're gonna be held accountable on our own mm-hmm. so we have to have that accurate vision and be striving for the hereafter exactly it's about having being long-sighted literally it's thinking far ahead yeah 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 it's about, and that's do you know what like when i think about it like islam has literally like you said it's it's the blueprint so like today when you when you listen to these coaches and stuff like that and these gurus they always talk about knowing how to prioritize and even organizing your time and these kind of things subhanallah and so, like in our religion like we know how to prioritize things because like we know that the akhira exists do you know what i mean when we're thinking about whether to do okay. something or not to do something or what to do first like for example if we're busy working and you know time the time for salah comes you know it's like you know that you should stop working and just go and do your salah first because that's more important and you know that you could die at any time and you don't want to die knowing that you've missed your salah or that you've uh, you know, you, you were delaying the salah because of something else, some worldly matter. Do you know what I mean? So it's like all these kind of things. That when you're reflecting on the deen and reflecting on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala all the time, it helps you always be able to put things in the right priority. And it's it's, it's not something you have to take a long time to think about. It really isn't. You just, th- if you think about your akhirah, you know how to prioritize, you know how to schedule your time as well, because even with the salah, you know, that the salah comes at specific times of the day and everything else that you need to do you just fit it around that subhanallah that's it mm-hmm. you know but, but and it's, it. it's, i find it sad when you know like as as you say like Muslims, we're so behind now it's like these so many gurus and stuff now coming and talking yeah. about these things and subhanallah i've listened to some of them and you just think this is islam these people they're talking about that's what it. islam talks about but they're not saying allah they're not saying god this talking about the universe and this manifestation all this kind of nonsense but everything else is already in islam and what so why is it that muslims why are we always behind and the reality is is because we have we have abandoned the quran and the sunnah yeah 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 100% is the quran and the sunnah is personal development and it's us we've left it we've left it and we're following everything else that's it chasing the dunya you know, that's whatever, it, whatever, it. whatever, whatever standard, we're not even exactly, whatever standard has been set in the dunya, whether it's beauty, whether it's the type of job you should have or the type of education, we've just been chasing that, chasing that, chasing that. And it's only when those standards change, then we, then we think, oh, this is what we're supposed to be doing now. We turn our head again and chase after again. And it's like the, the person he said, I think there's the hadith where he says that the dunya is like, once you start chasing it, you will never be able to catch it you'll never ever be able to catch it because it's not something you're supposed to catch you'll just and you'll be running and running and running chasing the dunya till you fall into your grave and that's it because there's 
it's not something that's worth anything subhanallah and it can never satisfy you even if you even if you feel like you've got everything you will never be satisfied with it that's it your heart will lack the contentment sis yes, and that's another thing that, that i think that saddens me so much is when i see my sisters in islam so they have the hijab but the whole face is like plastic surgery face like subhanallah i'm like you know this is it saddens me you know yeah. that because it's just has the dean not taught you anything mm-hmm. like the dean is supposed to show you your value as a woman but you're still falling into this type of um this standard of what people think is your value yeah like that's not your value subhanallah it's that's sad, a whole nother episode of course you know what inshallah i've got, <laughs> I've got to i got to have you back on to talk about other things inshallah because like literally i think we could literally talk for days but yeah hey inshallah definitely we've got to arrange something and talk again inshallah um okay so we've been going for nearly an hour now i think um okay so i'm going to wrap this interview up inshallah so have you ever met any sisters who've been forced into wearing the nephrob um no no i haven't come across anyone like that and I do know it, it, it does exist. We yeah. can't deny that that is. There's some people that are, are oppressed that wear it. Do you get it? Yeah. But I've never come across. I've never come across anyone. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. And what about the opposite sisters who they want to wear it but they're just not allowed? Because sometimes you get sisters, yeah, yeah, yeah. for example, their husbands don't even let them wear it. Yeah, I've come across that a lot of times. Yeah, Alhamdulillah. Yeah, subhanallah. May I help them? May I them? May Allah make them realize that this dean, this dean is so beautiful, and that. This dunya is temporary and our time here is about doing what we can to please Allah. Exactly, subhanAllah. Alhamdulillah. And, and finally, I'll ask you, what does the naqab mean to you, sister? Uh, naqab is my identity now, subhanAllah. Wallahi. It's, it's such a, it's, it's, it, it means the world to me. I cannot imagine life without it. Um, it just gives me such a sakina. It gives me such a sense of peace. It just—it's a reminder. It's a reminder of what life is. Why am I here? You know, it reminds me single day. Allah, I can be out here showing myself and flaunting myself, but what is that going to achieve? What am I going to achieve from doing that? Nothing. You know, by 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 exposing what Allah has given me, it's as if I'm attributing it to myself. Yeah, whatever i have allah gave it to me mm-hmm. so i'm going to use it to please allah allah has given me whatever alhamdulillah it's a nyama and it's going to come and it's going to go and it's going to come and it's going to go that's the things yes. of this dunya they come exactly. and go exactly. no one looks like beautiful 24 7 mm-hmm. no one's hair is on point 24 7 no one's body is on point 24 7 things so come and go so if you actually oh. worth, do you understand it's yes not, it's, we have to be honest and real yeah like even with regards to certain outfits, subhanAllah, I wouldn't wear certain things before because I just thought like people are going to like think, oh, why is she wearing that? Mm-hmm. Do you get it? I used to like certain clothes, but I wouldn't wear it just because I used to, I didn't want the attention. Yes. Now with my hijab and jibba, I can wear these things happily mm-hmm. underneath. Yes. Because I like it. Yeah. Get it? And it's got nothing to do with anyone's judgment. Exactly. I like it, so I want to wear it. Exactly. And no one can judge me. No one can look at me and say, she thinks she's too nice mm-hmm. or why is she wearing that but that outfit doesn't even look nice though mm-hmm. no one can tell me that because exactly. i'm wearing it because i like it. that's it and i put my jibba and go about my business yeah. it's such a freedom that is unexplainable exactly. since yeah, i can't even put to words how much there's so much i can talk about on this topic and i can't even put to words half of what is in my head like going around because yeah, the niqab means everything to me subhanallah alhamdulillah everything to me alhamdulillah I actually did forget to ask you if you've done any traveling wearing the niqab at all. No, alhamdulillah. Just travel within the UK, alhamdulillah, but not outside of the UK, not yet. Not with my niqab, not yet, alhamdulillah. Time's going to come there. That's something to experience, inshallah. Within the UK, but I've noticed, subhanAllah, even um, you have to get yourself out of your comfort zone, you know that, because I know a lot of people, they thought they could wear the niqab in London. You have to put yourself in those situations to grow. Mm-hmm. you know that of course that's of how course. you're gonna grow those awkward those situations that's gonna you know push you a bit alhamdulillah absolutely we're all humans at the end of the day and my motto is that i have more right to be on this earth 
than anyone else, mm-hmm. like any disbeliever, because I am worshipping my Lord. So if anyone's trying to make me feel uncomfortable in a space, they're not going to achieve because I believe that I have more right to be on this earth than that disbeliever because I am worshipping the Lord of this earth. Mm-hmm. So don't come exactly. and try and make me feel uncomfortable in a space. It's not going to happen. Yeah, alhamdulillah. It's just like you said, it's, there's so many blessings that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us and they're, you know, they're favours and we need to always like remember, you know, why we're here basically. And yeah, what I was going to say basically is that like for sisters who like, you know, they feel that, you know, they, they're not confident to wear the niqab in certain places and stuff like that. You know, it, I found it's one of the things where once you start wearing the niqab, like, at least for me, once I started wearing it, like, because I remember when I first put it on, I was thinking, oh, I'm just going to wear it, like, sometimes, for example. And I know, like, this is one of the ways that sisters can get used to wearing the hijab or the, or the niqab, even, specifically the niqab. So, um, mm. and, and I used to think, like, when I, when I first put it on, actually, it didn't happen, but, like, I put it on and I was thinking, oh, I'll just try it out and see how it goes. But, like, literally from that day, I've just been wearing it all the time because I loved it so much. And I felt like, once I've put it on, I felt like I felt ashamed to not wear it when going outside. Literally, I felt like, oh, this is what I'm wearing now. So I don't want to be like wearing it and then not wearing it and then they're wearing it, they're not wearing it. Do you know what I mean? And I can understand for some sisters, for example, if they've got, you know, certain jobs where, you know, they're, they're just, it's not like going to be easy for them to wear it to work or something like that. So maybe if they wear it like outside of work or something. But, you know, like for me, it was just like I felt more self-conscious to not wear it outside and I remember like it was a couple of years back I was traveling and I had to go through France and you know like obviously France is um you know they got their car ban and stuff like that so and I was it was just in transit but at the airport like I couldn't like wear their carbon stuff like you know going to France and everything and I just felt so like odd like I knew like, obviously I'm used to my face because it's my face but like it was just the fact that like it was out like I, I felt I felt weird like I don't know like I was out I just felt like, like really my mind was just like I just couldn't wait to be able to put my neck back on do you know what I mean it was just like yeah it was it was just weird like and I felt like almost like I still kind of needed to be like hiding you know like mm. my face somehow but then at the same time it's like you know you don't want to start looking like an idiot when you're outside because if you if you if you're muslim already in it do you know what i mean you're muslim you're black it's like don't act dodgy do you know what i mean that's it that's it like you're black you're muslim you're a woman you've got all odds against you but i'm like yeah. listen that makes me even more special absolutely definitely <laughs> come to their life like, we literally. can't feed into these narratives this. we yeah, can't feed nah, into these narratives not at all, not at all. Uh, that's it. we can't allow it to affect us honestly we can't believe these nonsense and these limited beliefs that people try to put on us definitely subhanallah i'm doing that i'm doing that inshallah it's, it's, it's definitely like i do feel more confident where because i remember before um you know before i wore the up because when i became muslim i always wanted to wear it but I remember, like, yeah. before wearing the niqab, I felt like, you know, I was so shy. Like, any time you go to Islamic events and stuff like that, like, I would just feel, like, really self-conscious, especially, like, if you see brothers and stuff. And, like, you know, some brothers, it's mm-hmm. like, they don't really know how to lower their gaze properly, for example. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, you might go to an event. And I remember there was one I went to, and there was a brother who was, like, you know, documenting it, like, via like, video and stuff. And he asked me to, like, you know, give some kind of feedback and everything. And I was just, I just kind of thought, like, you got to be kidding. Like, there's no chance. <laughs> there's no way. Like, I would never see, oh, like, yeah. and to be honest, I've always been camera shy since I was a child. My, do- my dad was a photographer. And mm. I remember, like, I hated having my photo taken. I hated being in front of the camera. So, and my dad, like, I remember, you know, he, he, would, mm. he would call us to take a photo. And then, like, I, w- I didn't want to smile. Cause I, I just hated being in front mm. of the camera and then he would tell me to smile so i would i got this i've got this like plastic smile that i could you know that kind of smile that you're not really smiling <laughs> so like, so would, even going back to that, that point yeah, yeah, I would, yeah i would do that and then he would just say don't smile <laughs> even going back to that point about um some brothers don't lower their gaze you're so mm. right you know even with niqab you still find some brothers yeah. are still looking like they have no this is incorrect and you know smile i used to have like like one where my eyes are showing all that but mm. I've noticed that it's just even with that people that brothers unfortunately they're still there trying to like I don't know why why 
but it's because we as the women we've become like we've we've entertained that nonsense so they feel like they can do it you know that of course of course that's why alhamdulillah i love this niqab of the flap because it yeah, shuts yeah, off yeah, all yeah. of that yeah, nonsense yeah, yeah. When it I just shuts it off shuts like, it literally down. i've got yeah, i've got one of those yeah. as well and that's like one of my favorite ones and when i was in um uk i was wearing that one most of the time to be honest and i i just actually especially like you know you're driving and it's just like <laughs> people will think that you don't even have like that you can't even see it was like i would have it like, yeah, yeah, proper, yeah, like yeah. right the way like just literally touch my eyelashes in it so it's like they can't even see your eyes but like, yeah it's one of my favorites something there anyone that is struggling you have to always remember that it's Allah that's going to give you the feet to do it so make dua for one make ask Allah whatever it helps to be able to achieve it and secondly start off small like you were saying you know if just wear it maybe once in a while like if I'm going to an Islamic event where they, I know there's going to be lots of brothers I want to wear in the club that time or you know start off small and then gradually build up because for any change to be sustainable, you have to do it gradually. Even the Quran, it was sent down gradually. Do you understand? Yeah, yeah. You can't just try and rush into something. Of course, alhamdulillah, some of us, we can do it. Like, for example, both of us, we started just going in the club and then we've kept it on. Alhamdulillah, for some people it works, but for others, it doesn't work. So do it step by step. Have some targets for yourself that you're going to work towards. Okay, by this time, I hope to be wearing it more often. Mm-hmm. By this time, I hope to be wearing it, okay, for every type of, like, Islamic event. You know, just have something in like in like have a plan exactly. that you work a measurable, measurable. I may like give you a tough beak and make it easy for you, you know, to win the club. I mean, Barakallah Fikum sister, thank you so much for your time today. It's been really pleasurable talking to you. And inshallah, I'm sure that the the listeners, the sisters, inshallah, will really benefit from hearing about your experiences, alhamdulillah. And it's always refreshing and nice to hear from another sister from different cultural backgrounds as well. Because we've never had a sister from, um, you know, that's, you know, mixed background, especially being Syrian, the Iranian and Lebanese as well. So, alhamdulillah, it's a nice, it's a nice mix. Alhamdulillah. Barakallah. Alhamdulillah. Zakallah khair for having me. May Allah reward you and put Barakah in your podcast. Make it be a means of more sisters, you know, adhering to the Quran and Sunnah. And yeah, may Allah bless you. Zakallah khair. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Wa alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.